you're listening to the Audacious As Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Martha Ramos, Dominican-born, New York City-raised, a former advertising executive turned coach, speaker, and personal empowerment expert. And I'm on a mission to encourage more women to be the chief empowered officer, aka the CEO, of her life. So if you have the audacity to play by your own rules and are ready to cultivate, elevate, and own a thriving life and business, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Oh, and P.S. as a Latina, get ready to listen to some bilingualism or Spanglish thrown into the mix. So cheers to you, my friend, and I can't wait to get to know you and connect with you. And I hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Audacious As Fuck podcast. And today's conversation is going to be fuego, fire. I am joined by, again, Diana Hernandez-Wayne. You guys know her as a life empowerment coach, sister, wife, survivor. And like I've mentioned before, resilient as fuck. She, you know, shared her story in a previous episode. So feel free to go in and and tune into that. Um, but today we want to bring this conversation around the gender pay gap, more specifically the Latina pay gap. And we're going to share about our stories, experiences, and of course, you know, provide some tips and tools to help you guys kind of bridge the gap. Um, October, it is known as Latina Equal Pay Day. So this episode is dedicated to all of my Latina sisters. And Diana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be back. I love it. And I know this conversation is going to get heated. Um, Before we dive in, I want to make sure that I preface this by saying that our self-worth, whether you are Latina, Black, White, Indian, whatever it is, your self-worth is not equated to your net worth. Mm. So I need you guys to really believe that, that you are worthy because you exist. You are worthy because you are, you know, you are here on this earth experiencing this life. You were created by a higher source, the universe, God, whatever you believe in. You are already enough. You are already worthy. And I need you guys to really believe that. And and if it's necessary, write it down on a post-it and put it somewhere on your bathroom or mirror where you get to read that to yourself every day. I am worthy because I exist. My self-worth is not equated to my net worth. So just wanted to share that and let's kick it off. Diana, do you have anything that you want to share in terms of worthiness? I just, I was here head nodding. I love it. I am worthy because I exist. I am worthy because I am born. I love what you said. And in another one that I would love to add, as far as putting on a post-it, looking at it, repeating it, saying it to yourself is I love myself. Mm. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And sometimes I have seen or found, and I was very guilty of this, that I believed my love and self-worth came from external validation 
versus do I love myself? Do I believe I am worthy? Do I believe I'm just worthy because I am not a justification of I need to make sure X, Y, Z is in order, but really I am enough. I am enough. I am worthy and I love myself. And it's simple as that. I love it. Ah, I love it. Um, One of the things that I want to kick it off is by letting our listeners or asking our listeners, like, Mm -hmm. did you know that Latinas are the lowest paid women in the U.S.? And I was having a conversation with my sister who doesn't come from the corporate world, but who has been freelancing, you know, for like the past 20 years. And she was not aware of the Latina pay gap. So for those of you who may not, I am going to read this from the leanin.org. And it is that Latinas are paid less than white men and white women. And on average, The Latina in the U.S. is paid 45% less than a white man and 30% less than a white woman. And stats like that boil my skin because, first of all, as a bilingual, I already speak two languages, so I need you to fucking pay me for that. How about we start with that? Um, Were you surprised to, to learn about the Latina pay gap? I would say I, yes and no, mainly yes. And like, Ooh, and and I learned this a a while ago, like, Ooh, am I valuing myself enough? Am I asking for enough? And I would love to talk about, unpack some of the reasons that I have found on sometimes why we show up asking maybe for a little more less. Um, And then I'm not surprised because as I moved into a director role, which um, in the previous episode, I shared how I left my corporate career 15 years and I left as a director. What I realized is how some in ethnicities, gender show up asking for a lot. And I don't always saw that from my fellow Latinas. And so um, we can also unpack onto perhaps why that could be that sometimes we don't, again, value ourselves or sometimes we actually don't know. We don't know to go and ask. And so I want to definitely make sure we touch on that. So it was a little bit of a yes surprise, like, wow, oh my gosh, am I falling victim? And then no, when I moved into a leadership management position, seeing who does really actively like PR and voice and are pretty loud banging on the door. Hey, I'm doing these things. Hey, I'm doing these things. So never surprised when those people that were voicing and banging their hands on the door, um, when they asked for raises, it was never a surprise because they had, you could see there was a strategy there in which they were really making sure that the director or the manager knew what they were bringing to the table. I have a mentor that, you know, a business coach that she sometimes says, just give me the confidence of a white man when I need to go in there and Mm -hmm. negotiate my salary. And I'm like, huh, I never thought of that because men in general just feel a lot more confident when either asking for a raise or asking for a promotion, even if they don't have all the skills or qualifications mm-hmm. that that job requires. Yes. However, I've learned in my experience that a woman needs to check off all the boxes on the job description before she feels like yes. she's ready for that role. 
So I never I never forget that when she says, just give me the confidence of a white man when I need to go in and renegotiate, you know, salary. So that's like one of the tips that I would have the listeners take away. But Mm -hmm. I I do want to unpack why us as women, as Latinas, as women of color tend to hold back from having really the courage to ask for what we want and deserve. But before that, I do want to read the gender wage gap in general Mm -hmm. from the source is nationalpartnership.org. And for every dollar paid to a white non-Hispanic man, a Latina woman earns 55 cents. A Native American woman earns 60 cents. A black woman owns earns 63 cents. Asian American and Pacific Islander women earn 85 cents and a white woman earns 79 cents. So again, going through all of that, you'll see that Latina is at the bottom of the barrel. And I'm like, why the fuck? Why the fuck? There's so many things of why the fuck. (laughs) So many things. Um, If I can share a story that this reminded me of, which is when I got my first job out of college, I remember, I remember that my parents at that time made $36,000 collectively. And I remember that my first job offered me $54,500. Wow. And my mind went to, I'm, I made it. I'm doing well. I'm making more than my parents made collective. Que mas quieres? So there was this subtle seeding, seedling of what more do you want and be grateful. A lot of upbringing, a lot of generational. Again, my family immigrated from El Salvador. So it was be grateful. It was a more be grateful. When I arrived to my job, I found out that I was actually getting paid on par, which I was very grateful. Everybody around me was making that 50 to 55 and I was making 54.5. So I felt very grateful. And then fast forward, probably 10 years after that, I was mentoring a fellow Latino. He was a Latino and he was getting offered at my company. I had recommended him. He was getting offered 75K. And I told him, no, I know the average is 85. You go and ask for 85. And he said, no, because my mom only made 30,000. Que mas quiero? And I was like, wow. Talk about full serendipity. And I said, no, Robert, your ass better go in there and ask for 85K. And if they give you 80, you'll be happy because you're going to find out that most of those people make 85. And he was so scared, but I coached him through that. But that was such a subtle um, knowing of so much comes from our upbringing. So much comes from messages we receive. So much comes from believing that we should be grateful. And I'm not saying don't be grateful, but we should be grateful. Therefore, we shouldn't rock that boat. We shouldn't ask, especially when it comes to money. There's some yuckiness that feels very uncomfortable and it's it's not about rocking the boat, in my opinion. It really, to me, is about what is your worth? 
doing your research and understanding what the average base pays are for that role that you're in, that band, whatever that is. There's actually now available information on many forums. Um, Glassdoor and LinkedIn are the ones that come up to mind. But moving from que mas quiero, I should be grateful to what am I really, what is not Diana worth, but what is like the work that I do really worth? And approaching it from that standpoint, because it is it is unfortunate that, you know, we do have these upbringings and we're it's wonderful that we're making more than our parents. But it doesn't mean that just because we're making more than our parents, we should be shortchanging what we're worth when it comes to our careers and what we're getting paid for. So I love that. And I'm I'm only going to make a little correction when it comes to knowing your worth, because to me. My worth is priceless. Yes, absolutely. Right? Like I'm tired of listening to people equating their worth to a dollar sign. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know yes. Thank right? you. Absolutely. So it's more of shifting that from knowing your worth to knowing your value, mm. which is what you brought to the table in terms of knowing what your work is valued at. So it's based on your skill set, your education, your experiences, your stories, all of that has value. And that we should add a monetary, mm-hmm. you know, um, value to that. So like a, a specific dollar sign, but that whole knowing your worth, no sis, my worth is priceless, but let me talk about the value that I bring to the table. And then doing it from that perspective. Um, And I know you spoke about, yes, the the seeds that is planted in us from a very young age that we should be grateful that our parents worked really hard to come to this country and, and provide a better future for us and that we should live in gratitude. While I don't take away that feeling, I'm going to keep it real here. Gratitude doesn't fucking pay for my rent (laughs) or groceries or my car note. And for those who have kids, putting food on the table and putting, you know, providing for a a good school for your kids to go to, gratitude is not going to Mm -hmm. cut it. Mm -hmm. So I want women to, and, and even men to, yes, be grateful that you have more opportunities than your parents but also know that you are capable of so much more and you deserve to get paid more. Absolutely. And and I think to that point, I, it seems to me that gratitude sometimes becomes confused for, I should be grateful for lo que me dan versus I'm grateful for my life. I'm grateful for the time I spend with my family and I am being compensated for my value and what I'm bringing to the table, not gratitude to justify a lower pay. And I think that's where it gets confused of, I should be grateful. Like, eh, yes, grateful for life, but that's, there's no, like, it's almost like a begging energy, if you will, like not grateful. Like, Oh, thank you for hiring me. And thank you for giving me your little money. You know, it's like, no, I already have value that I bring to the table. Yeah. And they're separate. And I'm going to share a little story. I think when I first started as an assistant planner back in the days, I was, I started at 27K out of college. And, you know, that already 
was more than what my parents combined mm-hmm. were making. But my parents also had that side hustle mentality because they had four kids to take care of, um, that they had several side hustles going on. So that's mm-hmm. where I learned about the whole entrepreneurial and side hustle game was from my parents because unfortunately, you know, they were both immigrants here. They didn't really know the language and they were had to work in factories. Um, mm-hmm. So the fact that I started as an assistant planner at 27K, I already made it, right? Yeah. But let me tell you, I am very bougie. I've always been bougie and I've always known what I wanted. I knew that 27K was not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And I was a single person. But what boiled my skin, and back then we weren't really allowed to talk about salaries. And this is how the patriarchy and the white men at the top keep people of color oppressed. But there used to be um, like a policy, like you weren't allowed to talk about salary mm-hmm. with other among your colleagues because you could lose your job. Mm-hmm. Like that used to be part of our NDA or non-disclosure agreement. And mm-hmm. you had to agree to that. Um, but anyway, I remember once I got promoted to a planner, I think I got an additional 5k. So that brings me up to what, 32. And I remember mentoring a new assistant planner. He was a white dude that came in, you know, all fly. And I guess he didn't know that I was sitting on the other side because it was lunchtime and, you know, our, our, we had open cubes and our entire floor had gone out to lunch, but I was like working on something. And I overheard him say that he was getting paid 37 K. Oh, wow. And I'm like, wait, hold, hold the fuck. Like mm-hmm. hold the front door. You mean to tell me that I am teaching him how to do his job. He is an assistant planner. I am already a level above him and I am still making less than he is. Mm-hmm. How is that fair? Mm-hmm. And from that, I knew early on, I was like, oh, I don't know if corporate is for me, mm-hmm. but sharing in what you in, in having that gratitude for me, it was like, wait a minute, Martha, you should be happy and grateful because this <laughs> is an opportunity that a lot of Latinas I knew right off the bat. Not a lot of people look like me in this predominantly white mm-hmm. um, industry. So. Similar to you, I became grateful for the opportunity and I felt like it was my due diligence to be there and learn and mm-hmm. learn and, and climb up the corporate ladder to make sure that I was opening the doors for more women that look like me to come up from behind. So mm-hmm. uh, let me ask you, did you negotiate a salary at, when you first got that 27? No, because I did not know about asking for more. Exactly. And that's for the audience. Like some, that's another thing we don't know to ask for more. I learned that too. When I, my second job, I got paid 75 after that 54. I didn't know to ask for more. And I actually um, tried a little bit, but I was like, they were like, you should be grateful. And I was like, okay, you know, but it was like, oh my gosh. The other thing I didn't know to ask is you can negotiate vacations, Mm -hmm. personal time off. 
Um, sometimes you can negotiate some health stuff, but that's generally pretty set. Um, but it doesn't hurt to try. But yes, for the audience, right? We don't know these things. And that's part of the forgiveness and healing of it's not like our parents could tell us to negotiate these things. We didn't, we don't know. And part of the empowerment is here's some things, here's some tools. Ask. The worst thing is they'll say no. Yeah. We do need to share that message to the fellow Latinas. It's important to ask and negotiate salary, even vacation, times off, all that's within within range. Absolutely. And that's one of the um, tips that I would suggest in terms of how do we start bridging the gap mm-hmm. is having the courage to go in there and ask for more. But before you do that, just make sure that you are armed with information, right? That you get yourself educated and you, you know, I know that there's tools and none of them are coming to mind right right now. I think you mentioned Glassdoor that yeah. you can see on average what other people on your level in your industry are making mm-hmm. and then use that as a source to say, hey, based on industry average, this is what I should mm-hmm. be getting paid. Mm-hmm. Or this is what I would like to get paid. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I had one of my mentors teach me at a really early stage in my career is to keep a, you know, on your your Outlook email or whatever software they use, to keep yeah. a little folder of praises. Mm-hmm. So whenever I did, right, like whenever I did something good and and a senior manager or even a client complimented me, I moved that email into my little praised email box because that gave me ammunition whenever it was like, hey, it's time to talk about promotion. It's time to talk about raise. And here's why. I have proof that I've been doing my job based on these accolades, mentions, you know, whatever from clients, from senior managers, so I am already proving to you that I can do the work. Now mm-hmm. it's time for me to go to the next level. Yes. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. All the evidence that shows it's not just um, like you already know your value and those external rate, uh, praises help build the case for the value. Not that you need it, but it does help provide those extra praises, kind of like ratings and reviews, right? You read somebody else's review on the product. That's what we're trying to do. Build your ratings and review folder, essentially, so that your case is like solid. Yeah. What other what other thing would you recommend in terms of managing, you know, your pay rate or, or promotion? Yeah, there's there's many ways to approach it. And I actually started to at least towards the end of my career, I did the things I've mentioned a bit, which is one was what is the industry saying? Glassdoor is one of them. LinkedIn is another one. Those are great starting bases. If you work in a big company, make friends. And I've never necessarily asked point blank, how much are you making? Right. Cause there is like that confidentiality legality thing. Um, but you can ask things such as when you do reviews, <laughs> what are you, what, what feedback are you getting? How do you respond to feedback? Not because you're expecting that feedback for you, but you're expecting um, 
you're listening to how they're approaching it. And I would actually you do this strategically with women. <laughs> women, I'm, I'm being real here. So women that got promoted, I would set up coffee and be like, how did you get promoted? What was your approach to showing that you were ready for promotion? And the reason I was not interested in their role. I was interested in understanding their thought process and their strategy. Woody and I remember asking one woman who moved up super fast. I'm talking about she was a VP within 10, 12 years. And I had met her when she had just gotten promoted a manager. I was still an associate. So I saw her become a manager, senior manager, director, VP. And I remember when she became a manager, I asked, what do you, what do you, I had coffee with her and I asked her, what do you think helped leadership know that you're ready for a promotion or that you're ready. And she gave me candidly her strategy without her saying that, right? She said, Oh, I'm always asking questions. I'm setting up coffee with not just the manager, but the manager above. And I'm asking them, what are their pain points? What do they need? What do they need support with? And, and then I start to show that I'm thinking about that along the way for everything we do. And that gave me the light bulb of, Ooh, I need to be showing and demonstrating that I'm thinking about what matters to those managers. Right. So it wasn't, I'm not sharing the example of like, you know, go show that strategic thinking. I'm sharing the example of I met with people that I saw were moving ahead or I thought were moving ahead and asking them, what was your strategy to let people know that you're considered and ready for promotion. And it again, right? Like it's not so much that, you know, I'm trying to make it as as a way that the audience can take some feed, take some of the tools and tips, like really get to know the people that you see are making strides. Even if it's a male, go and get to know them and just, you know, ask them from a curiosity place. What do you think is helping you succeed? What do you think is helping you grow? How do you think management is perceiving you? Or what do you, what have you seen being effective, right? If you Mm. see somebody is really like really playing that game, it doesn't hurt to ask, what do you think is helping you grow and be effective? And again, that, that, you know, because then I'm also understanding how they're thinking, how the management is looking at them. And then I'm gaining those insights so that then when I go to talk about promotion, when I talk about opportunities, when I talk about raises, I'm tying it back to what I'm hearing and seeing that management cares about. I love it. Yeah. Love it. And, and also making sure that you have a mentor, right? Yes. Like you're constantly meeting with a mentor or a coach that can help you navigate, you know, these conversations. Um, yeah. I know that that is also key. And guess what? If you are unable to, like, if your company is unable to pay for that mentorship, then invest in it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of women are scared to invest in mentorship and coaching because they feel like it needs to come, like it needs to be free. Yeah. Um but anyway, that's like a, that's different a whole other topic. I want to make sure we stay on par here. Oh, so I know I just we... add one more quick thing. Yes. If you work in a big company or you work in a small company, <clears throat> if you work in a small company and there's not a lot of employees, and let's just say you don't feel safe, you don't feel safe to go have those meetings. You don't feel safe to set up those coffees, those chats. You can join trade associations 
related to your industry. So I know most com- most industries have associations. So in finance, there was an association dedicated for Latinos in finance and accounting that I used to be part of. That association is where you can start to ask these questions and more kind of conversations. So that's if you work in a small company or you feel, you don't feel safe, do put yourself, find that mentor. You can do it through these external associations that absolutely are here to empower Latinos. And there's so many different diversity groups that you can do. So that's one way to approach it. Another way to approach it is if you are in a big company and there's employee resource groups, join those groups, get to know your fellow employees and cross-functional functions. I think I learned more about how to navigate the company culture that I used to work for by being part of those employee resource groups mm-hmm. where the Latinos, we kept it real with each other. And they're like, this person isn't care. This person will help you go set up coffee. This person don't bother. It was very candid. And then we always had a great time over beer, you know, and drinks. But the point is that there are avenues to how to... Uh, get to know other people, ask these questions, ask it in a way that feels safe. And I really want the audience to know that just because of your small company or you don't feel safe, there are other external industries and programs and associations that you can join. So that's like one way on how to approach it to start to navigate it. And I'm not going to lie, one, um, one of the companies I worked for where I was part of the employee resource group, a guy, he was so nice. He just helped me. He was like, you're going to need to really show you're ready for this role. I was I was trying to apply to a new role and a different function, completely different team. Nobody knew me. He said, they're not going to hire you because they don't know you, but I will prepare you to interview. And that guy spent like probably, we spent probably like four hours over the course of like two weeks prepping mm-hmm. and interviewing. And it was full on like going back in college, you know, but the point is that it is available. You just, you really do got to reach out. Hey, so I'm interrupting this segment to invite you to visit our website and check out the Audacious CEO Club. So make sure you go visit MarthaLRamos.com forward slash CEO Club and join our membership community today. It is the place to be if you want to strengthen your mindset, focus, confidence, commitment, and get to network with other badass women so you can start showing up as the CEO you were born to be. So go ahead, friend, snatch up a spot, and I can't wait to see you inside the club. Building connections with other people around your company and, you know, other colleagues that doesn't necessarily work on your team or, or in your area of of expertise is key because, yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes you, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. the only way that you can start getting educated is by asking questions and building connections with other people who may have the resources um, for that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Now I know, and this is my favorite way that I believe we can start bridging the gap is by starting our own small businesses. Mm-hmm. So by becoming the CEO, um, because guess what? You get to charge whatever you want, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you think you deserve, you get to charge that and then some. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that is one of the ways that we can start bridging the gap and is why I am so 
empowered about my mission in terms of helping create more women CEOs is just in case they don't have the courage to go in and ask for that raise that they know that there is another way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know that you share, you know, in terms of also leaving corporate America and starting your own business, was that also key for you, making sure that you're, you know, building your legacy and building on your own version of the American dream? Absolutely. And a big, <laughs> another big thing is, There came to a point where I am working a lot of hours, grinding it out, and I'm thinking, okay, I've already done all the stuff. I've gotten the promotions. I've asked for raises. I already know I'm on track for the next promotion. You know, it was all lots of goodness and uh, great mentorships, feeling very supported. And I'm like, but is this really what my mission is about? Is it really about this grinding it out to meet this next deadline to whatever it is? Is that what this is about? And that was probably a big turning point. This especially happened during COVID of I need to really decide if this, my business is worth it to me because I know I can do whatever I want. I know I, I, the coaching that I provide is life-changing. It's empowering and it heals so much stuff at deeper levels that many other things don't. And that was a big thing of, you know, I get to help empower women. I get to help change lives. And that is so much more satisfying than this grind that I'm doing that yes, was paying me well. Yes. Was on track to get promoted. Yes. I already had the team. Yes. I already had you know, everything, like there was a full on pipeline on how I would take over like my boss's job who manages a team of 10 and, you know, promote everything was on track. And despite having all that, it does come to that fulfillment. And for me, it was just not there. The corporate piece wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And interestingly enough, and I'm going to take this back um, a little bit because I just thought of, something that I, that made me go into getting a master's. So first of all, I got a master's degree because ever since I was young, that was part of my vision was to get a Mm -hmm. master's degree. It was more of a personal fulfillment, not necessarily Mm -hmm. to get ahead in the workplace because my VP at the time didn't have a master's degree and Mm -hmm. he was, you know, VP of our department making multiple six figures. So I knew that you don't really need an advanced degree to reach Mm -hmm. that level. But what I find interesting, and again, I'm going to read this from the leanin.org data, is that the pay gap widens even more for educated Latinas. Mm. And the Latinas, just because they're going to college at a higher rate than, than before, just because you get that master's degree or multiple degrees, that education doesn't eliminate the pay gap. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was mind boggling because I know from speaking to other women and women of color, that that is one of the prime reasons why they go into higher education, Mm -hmm. why they get into student loan debt, because they feel that the more degrees I have, the more prepared I'm going to be, I'm going to be ready for that promotion and that next level. And I'm here to tell you, sis, and I hate to bust your bubble, but on average, that shit don't work. 
Mm-hmm. That just gets us into more debt. And it still leaves you paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans and still making less than that via salary. Yeah. And what came to mind hearing you share that, which I did not know that stat, which makes me sad, is, or I definitely feel sad, is what I noticed among the people that I saw get promoted. Well, there's two pieces that come to mind. One is, There is a reality that a company, not just the industry, and well, it could be the industry, there is a style and a culture to that company and to that industry. And I have seen a lot of people try to fight the style of a company or the culture. And I mean, you're talking about like the way we have Latinas have to unpack generational money things. There's companies that also are generational operating a certain way. And the sooner you decide, one, what is the, understand what is the culture of this company? What are they really about? What do they say versus how they act? And then decide, is this something I'm for or against? That makes your life easier of either I go find myself a better company that really is living out what they're saying, or I play the game. And then I learned to play the game, you know? And so what I, I say that because then when I learned, when I did all these coffee chats where I learned what the strategy was for how people got promoted is I understood what was important in one in that company and in that context. And one of the most important things at my previous company honestly came down to having that white male confidence showing up, excuse me, showing up with confidence and saying, I and I have done X, Y, Z. And for X, Y, Z reasons, I believe I, you know, I should get these raises. And therefore, what are you going to do about it? You know, and my, the company before my quitting my corporate career, it wasn't so much about the confidence, actually, their, their style was a little different. It was about how do, how does your team perceive you and value you? Does your team come to you for things? Do you feel that you are then, is it then you are such an important piece of the overall company and therefore you bring so much value because now you're a nucleus within a group or a team. And I established, and I, again, I played, I, I learned the strategy. What was important to this company? What is their culture? What are they really living by? And once I understood that, then I was setting myself up to achieve it. Right. And, and so when I was having the conversations of, I need a raise, it was, these things have happened. These people have left. I have stepped up to this role. People come to me for these things. I am known outside of my immediate peers. And again, you know, my, my boss at that time, he understood the value I was bringing because again, I positioned myself based on the value of what I understood the company valued. So understanding the company value, and then are you going to play that game? And I don't think it's a bad thing to quote unquote, play the game. It's really, does this feel aligned to me? Mm-hmm. If it feels aligned to me, you can stay at that company as long as possible. If it doesn't you probably do need to look for another opportunity. And there is nothing wrong with that because at yeah. the end of the day, this is your life and it's better to love what you're, I mean, we spent 30% of our lifetime in a gig. I, it's important to like it, to love it if possible. You know, I, I'm all for loving what you're doing. And if you don't, it's okay to leave. Nobody's going to be mad at it, except you who 10 years later will be like, I should have left, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And and you spoke about alignment, right? Like I know, you know, I have some girlfriends that are in corporate working at amazing companies um, and they love what they do. Right. And most recently I had a conversation with one of one of them that said, you know, Martha, I'm so inspired by, by what you're doing and I understand where you're coming from. Like I've had some of those same experiences, but the bullshit I can still deal with the bullshit. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's okay me, too. <laughs> and I told her that and I was like, listen, more power to you. For me, I got sick and tired of the bullshit. Yeah. I got sick and tired of playing the game. Yeah. Um, for me, it was just enough was enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got tired of feeling like I was being undervalued, mm-hmm. not appreciated, overworked and underpaid. That was huge for me because... For me, and I'm going to tell you why this matters and and talking about, you know, the pay gap was, you know, on average, I knew that I was losing Mm -hmm. a lot of fucking money. Like I was leaving a lot of money on the table. And if I wanted to be able to be debt free, because I still owe a lot of money in my student loans for for getting a master's. I love a certain lifestyle. I love driving a certain type of car. Um, I love living in a certain type of neighborhood. I love traveling. Um, All of that and what I was making in corporate wasn't going to be enough to sustain Mm -hmm. my lifestyle and then afford me the luxury to be debt-free and own a home, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. these are things that we don't think about and also generational wealth. Like how am I going to be able to build generational wealth if I am still making X amount of money? Yeah. So for me, that was also important in terms of why I feel is important that we need to have these discussions and keep it real and teach people how to have the courage to Mm -hmm. either ask for that promotion, because like I said, you are already worthy. So go ahead and you're ready. Like if you come from that standpoint of, I know what value I bring to the table, then sis, you are already ready to ask for that raise. And there's two things I want to add to what you just shared. Um, My Latina sisters, do not assume that your manager knows the value you're bringing or that you have to be calladita and quiet or they should know. I mean, half of the time managers are barely keeping afloat, right? Corporate is overworked in general. People are being mm-hmm. overworked in general. So this idea, calladitas, you know, is mejor. No, 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 no. You got to bring PR, you know, be your biggest cheerleader advocate of the value you're bringing and don't assume your manager already knows. They don't, They may. I mean, like I as a manager was like, okay, selfishly like okay i'm gonna what are the women are being praised especially with introverts the quiet that never beat the horn you know that don't give me a feedback like you gotta be bringing no you know to your horn you know because then there's like other people that are like over to their horn you know but latina woman you we cannot just assume that people are seeing what we're doing and that they know what value we're bringing so i love what you had said about that praise folder that you had 
because that's a way so that you remember even when you're having these conversations, what you're bringing to the table. And so that's the first piece. And the second is if you are comfortable with dealing with the BS, like your friend said, that's great. Make peace one way or another, but don't be in this messy middle of like, I hate my job, but you know, I should be grateful. Like, no, no, no. We don't have time for that BS. We don't have, like, this is your life, you know? Either make peace that you're going to manage the BS because the, the pay and the benefits outweigh the BS, or the BS doesn't outweigh the lack of pay and all the benefits. And fuck that, I'm going to go create my own company. Great, either way. But that wishy washy in the middle, that's where. I feel a lot of people suffer and, you know, we got to stop that too. Oh my God. I love that. And speaking about bridging the gap, if you're ready to step up and be the CEO of your life and business, then I want you to come and join us at the Audacious CEO Club, a membership community for women of color by women of color. And this is going to be a one-stop shop to build your CEO success, both in life and business. So if you're ready to create, launch and grow a business or even a side hustle, just so you can make some additional income, then I want you to sign up today. And I am so excited to announce that Diana is going to be one of the expert mentors in our community. So go ahead. What are you waiting for? Make sure that you visit the website at MarthaLRamos.com forward slash CEO club and join ahora. Enrollment is open for a limited time. We're going to be closing the door soon. So make sure you sign up and take advantage. And I am going to be audacious as fuck and say, this community can change your life if you're ready for it. So go ahead, friend, and join us inside the club. We can't wait to see you there. Yes. I'm so excited to be part of this woman. It's just time. It's time to step into our lives, create what we already are, know it deep inside that just is ready to be birthed. So, so excited to be part of it. Thank you, Martha. Thank you. And thank you so much for this conversation, Diana. You are always welcome on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your tips, your insights. They were, you know, definite, definitely gems that I hope people take away with and implement. Yes. Thank you. I, I just, I love you. I love everything you're doing. I mean, that's all I can say. If you guys don't know Martha personally, you guys might even be following her, be on her email list. She is here to rock and change this world. And you're going to look back in 10 years and be like, I knew Martha way back when and look at her now on Oprah, you know, whatever it is. So just watch. Martha is here to do big things. I'm so excited. Thank you again. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoy this episode, please make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, letting us know if this is helping you in your life. Also, please share the love with other audacious women so they too can join our community. And speaking of community, please make sure to visit our website at MarthaLRamos.com and subscribe to our newsletters for more tools, resources, and motivation. And you can start by downloading your free guide, How to Get Clear as Fuck Even During Uncertain Times. And with that, until next time, friends.